we are back with another episode of Underrated. I'm Lefty. And I'm Bo. How you doing today, Bo? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Welcome back. Officially Q4, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Got, got all the sports happening, which is great, but stressful. I mean, Yeah, um, it's the, the only day, right, where all four major American sports are playing on the same date? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like walking into a restaurant and they hand you the menu and there are like 50 items on it. So you already know you're you're in a bad place because no yeah, place should like, have that like, many items. <laughs> it's, it's like going to the Cheesecake Factory. Right, exactly. You know, Cheesecake Factory should just be a buffet, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like, I'm hungry. What do I choose? And you're, you're bouncing around. So it's a, sort of a mind game, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what to choose from. Uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I've said very little after the St. Louis Cardinals early collapse, you know. Yeah, yeah. I really was, touched uh, on it. Unfortunate a, ending to to a pretty successful season. Yeah. It's not that I'm trying to make sense of it because it, it's pretty clear what the issues are and, um, you know, will be until they make a few moves. But the Phillies, dude, like, you know, I was in Key West this summer, which is a very middle-aged suburban man statement. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but anyways, I'm in this store and I see a guy with a Phillies jersey on. This is right after the Joe Girardi firing. And I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, who do you think is going to be the next manager? And it turns into this whole conversation about the Cardinals and Phillies having so many holes in their rosters that, you know, we're both questioning whether or not they'd even have a chance at the playoffs. Uh, You know, just casual conversation with a 50-year-old guy from Westchester, Pa. Uh, But uh, (laughs) Good old old Westchester. Yeah, but, but crazy enough, these two teams end up facing each other. You know, with the Phillies just being the better team, and uh, uh, I hope they go all the way. They deserve it, man. Get Bryce, get Bryce Harper that ring. Kid's gonna be one of the best all time. I think. Uh, you know, maybe half of half of the quote unquote MLB fans will stop watching the game because he, you know, he doesn't play <laughs> it the right way or something. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'd love to see it, man. Yeah, Kyle well, Schwarber. It, did you see that home run the other night? Yeah, he uh, he got all of that one. Yeah, yeah. I think you Darvish wanted to vomit, but just didn't. <laughs> That's pretty rough. Yeah, unfortunately, Aaron Nola had a had a bit of a, a rough outing yesterday. But, yeah, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been uh, beating the Aaron Nola, <laughs> the, the Aaron Nola drum. A big fan. You know, we talked about this personally. Like, I thought this was going to be the year where he just fell apart, and I thought coming into it, like it was going to be a recipe for a disaster, and um, I was absolutely completely wrong, and. Uh, it's a great season, man. His numbers are insane, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Great season. So, um, that I think uh, seeing the Phillies and the Padres are a big surprise for, yeah. you know, for me yeah. at least. I know, right? Yeah, I'm not a, you know me, I'm not a huge Padres fan. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't love the love the team. The fan base, uh, you know, is comprised mainly of, of just the the military industrial complex i was just gonna say isn't that just a naval base like, yeah ba- basically <laughs> that's that's how they have a fan base is that they they basically just promote to the state department yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean I, I i i'm just shocked at uh you know the the, the dodgers and, and and the braves being uh you know just gone it's just pretty shocking but you know in its own it's its own right it's good to see good to see a little little change up there so um, listen, the NBA season kicked off on Tuesday. I know we'll we'll talk more about this, you know, but I'm I'm excited. I love the basketball. 
So yeah, uh, yeah, there are some good early games there. Uh, did you yeah. did you check out the uh, the ring ceremony for the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, absolutely. I caught um, I caught that was the last game of, of the evening for me. I, I saw a little bit of that. Saw a little bit of dancing. Seemed like the Warriors had a little, you know, little thing they were doing there. But uh, you know, <laughs> um, staying on the topic of Philadelphia. James Harden showed up this season looking like he didn't eat pizza all, all off season. He he was a little slimmer, which always makes me feel weird because like when players get to that point where they're like, "Yeah, I lost like 15 pounds," it's something's usually wrong there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's one of those things. Uh, there are two ways to go. There are there are players that slim down and come back in better shape, and then yeah. there are are their perennial, uh, put on 15 pounds of muscle, best shape of my life kind of guys. Right. Right. Hey, he performs at a high level all the time, except for, yeah. you know, when you need him, like in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, you know, Boston takes the opener with an interim coach. You know, um, they, they picked up right where they left off. You had the Warriors, like you said, getting their championship rings, then just spanking that Lakers team, which, you know, I do love to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no punches thrown on the Warriors bench, might I add. <laughs> so None. Can, None at all. can we talk about that real quick? Like, who put this video out there? Of of Dre and Jordan Poole, obviously no, some uh, some some team employee who uh, is is smiling at that big check from Gawker or whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I you know I wouldn't be shocked if this stuff happens like every day in practice, oh, like absolutely. in every sport, you know, right? Oh yeah. But oh yeah. You uh, let these guys deal with their own shit, you know, in house. Yeah, yeah. My God. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what else is going out there? Going on out there in the sports world, Lefty? What have you been keeping an eye on? Well, you know, we've got some. It's the second week in a row we've got some midweek league action in the Premier League. Um, uh, the big right. news today: right. Aston Villa lost three to nothing to Fulham. Oh, um, Steven Gerrard, the the skipper, of the team there. The I guess that's not the right word in England. Skipper is the captain. Skipper. Gaffer is the, what they call the manager. Um, yeah. Manager had to go and give a press conference talking about, uh, you know, where they went wrong and was immediately fired after the press conference. Oh, man. I haven't even checked. I haven't seen any of the results, and uh, I haven't. it's been a busy day. But uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty big story right there. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable uh, that they let him do the press conference and then told him he was fired. Right. Why even let him go out? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, it's unclear man. whether they they let him return to his home with the team or if they just left him there in London. <laughs> That's got to be an awkward situation, right? Oh, yeah. Like, what, oh, do yeah. You do, what do you do then? Hey, sorry, we don't need you anymore. But uh, let's ride back together and, uh, you know, just get home safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. That's uh, yeah. That sounds about right, man. Yeah, so we're about, like, wait, a third of the way done through the through the EPL season, quarter of the way. I know. Uh, it, it, it's just fly by. Yeah, man. It's really it's really coming along here. Yeah, yeah, some good games. I don't know if you checked out any of the, the Brentford and Chelsea game uh, yesterday, but uh, I guess that would be Wednesday for you listeners. Uh, yeah. A really, really solid all-around match. Uh, a couple of teams that uh, were playing pretty well. Pretty surprising that nobody scored in that game, but uh, good to see Brentford... Uh, Tighten up their defense after that embarrassing Newcastle loss a few weeks back. Yeah, where 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 are they at in the standings currently? I believe they're ninth, but I have not checked today. I, I think after Fulham picked up three points, they might have, they might be in ninth, but uh, sure, could be wrong. Sure, 
Well, that's good. Uh, listen, what's what's going on with Ronaldo? This guy, so uh, you know, yeah, I'm reading yeah. off and on about this guy. So this guy, you know, has a big goal. I mean, this guy's leaving the. He's walking away from his team. He's just walking out of the stadium while the game's still going on or something. What, what's happening over there? You been keeping up with this? Uh, it's a, it's a weird situation. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Eric Ten Hag, the manager there, um, basically won't let him back with the team. Uh, we don't know how long that is, whether that's indefinite or if it's just for this Saturday game against Chelsea. But uh, he, he's at least away from the team for one game after after leaving from that uh, Tottenham game last week. Is, is, I mean, has there been any statements on this? Is this like just behavioral stuff? You know, I mean, I, I you know, I totally see. We've talked about this before. I think in an earlier episode, it seems like he's like probably cancer in the clubhouse at this point. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I believe that that's the case, but at the same time, um, he's got big uh, big Bryce Harper energy to me. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of want to tread lightly because maybe you know, as as someone who missed a lot of his career, um, yeah, you know, not watching soccer, maybe I just don't understand it. Um, so right, you know, I, I don't want to be I, too I mean, judgmental. Right. I mean, there's it there's seems probably like a lot. yeah, it seems like he he doesn't add a lot of positives to a club anymore. Um, there's obviously been some detractors from the type of goals he scored, whether they be like garbage time or penalties, um, yeah, as as less meaningful than you know other, uh, you know, Man U goals last season and this season. But at Definitely. the same time, he still is one of, if not the greatest player of all time. So, right, hard, hard to say at this point. Um, I think he's still too good to have that MLS swan song. <laughs> Right, oh man. <laughs> but uh, he, he's definitely reaching the territory in which uh, he's the premier signing for Atlanta yeah. United or something. Yeah, I think uh, that, that that was a topic of discussion. I, I went and saw uh, a, a local college men's soccer game you know, last weekend, and that was a topic amongst uh, uh, some of the folks there was, um, you know, who's going to be the next uh, former elite player to uh, grace the <laughs> grace the MLS with their presence and uh, bring a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, PR to yeah, to the sport. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we'll see. Did, uh, did you hear about the uh, the big local news here for me? In, in St. Louis? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. It's, it's, Definitely. It's, uh, you know, we, we have a history on this show of talking about uh, all of the great American sports club owners. Um, yeah. So I, I want your thoughts, you know, this big fine levied down on the on the former St. Louis Rams. Oh, no. See, that wasn't the local news I had. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, let's uh, let's definitely talk about that, though. Um, so obviously, you know, that's been in the news there. Um, the NFL's already paid out their their portion of it, man. They're they they're <laughs> they're wanting uh, they're wanting their uh, cash back here. So uh it's not like Stan Kroenke doesn't have the money, you know. Um, listen, the way that this man carried himself and how this went on, whether or not, you know, St. Louis deserved a football team or came up with the appropriate means, this was in the plans the whole time. To drag a city on for a couple of years, planning this behind the scenes and wanting to move it anyways, I don't even know why you put the energy into that. Yeah, Just say, hey, yeah. listen, if it's between L.A. and St. Louis, I'm going to L.A., Oh yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, for as far as you know, uh, owning a owning a club and wanting to, uh, um, you know, be in the best environment and be in the biggest market, you know, I mean, it's a no brainer. It's a business move, right? And of course, you're going to have people mad, but uh, 
you know, it, it's just it, typical, typical garbage, you know, from a garbage owner. Um, it's a shame that this guy has, has won two championships here just in the last year <laughs> yeah, with yeah. gloves. And, uh, you know, I don't know where the Arsenal end up uh, here later on in the year, but, uh, <laughs> you know, who knows, right? Yeah. The yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, so I, I feel like we should probably contextualize, right? So mm-hmm. the, the NFL and the Rams reached a settlement to pay $790 million to the city of St. Louis in this yeah. relocation case, right. um, which is a, is a massive amount of, of money. Um, I don't know what the current research is on how much revenue and, and money that a team actually makes a city, but I would assume that that, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars going to the city is far more money and far more impactful than what the Rams could have made the city in the next quarter decade, quarter oh, 100%, century, 100%, next 25 years. Agreed. I, I mean, I don't even think the number's close. To be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that St. Louis ended up ahead in this situation. Well, I mean, obviously, there's something to be said for the the community building side of things. The, sure. the shared local interest is important, but um, does that outweigh a city getting that kind of windfall? Absolutely not. Right, right. You know, yeah, we we've had this discussion before. You know, uh, like I said, if the city of St. Louis um, is able to appropriately distribute these funds yeah they're coming out way way ahead without a doubt and i agree with you you know i don't know what uh, sort of financials they put together to determine this number exactly but um i mean i i can't imagine them coming to the uh table and saying well the vendors lost you know uh 300 million here yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the parking uh come you know the parking yeah. lots lost well, 300 million here it, it's just well, you know and, and it's such a it's such a you know historic cash grab right because when you think about where all that money goes yeah i i'm not i'm not familiar with exactly how it was broken down in st louis but if it's like every other city i've ever been to the the food and beer vendors are are a third-party contract, not even located in St. Louis, and all they do are, you know, hire part-time contract workers for one day a week. Sure. Same with, yeah. same with parking, same with all the facilities. So it's not like there's some huge revenue boost to the city by offering all of these high-paying, you know, right. permanent jobs. Right. Even the construction right. jobs from a new facility are, you know, temporary by nature. Absolutely, yeah. It, uh, you know, I agree. I think that uh, they... I don't. I don't even know if the number would have been half that of that number. I don't even yeah, think it would yeah. be remotely close to that. To be to, just to be fair. Yeah. So. Well, and when you think about how much they would have had to put up to uh, build a new stadium, you know, the yeah. city probably would have spent hundreds of millions of dollars to to subsidize a stadium. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's you know, right now just being on this end and being you know local here, they're still trying to figure out how that they're they're going to distribute these funds out, and there's so many areas that need it. Uh, I, I don't understand how this is a hard decision, but um, it is still a hard decision. You know, it's funny in, in these trying times, I remember when they were exiting St. Louis and they were going to, they were reaching so hard from every angle to keep this team uh, in the city of St. Louis. Um, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, uh, National, Nash, who owns National Rent-A-Car, came up with $600 million dollars to put into advertising um, and, uh, you know, funding that stadium as well. And uh, and yet 
here we are struggling in our local economy and, uh, you know, they're not willing to drop a dime into the local community <laughs> for, yeah, for yeah. anything outside of that. And, and no one's asking for $600 million. So, you know, um, I just heard the other day the, uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans are trying to build a frickin' dome for the, in, in Nashville. And I'm just thinking, okay, look, number one, shut up. <laughs> Number two, I mean, look, I'm. It's one of the areas in the United States where, the, I mean, the grass in the Midwest where the grass grows really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think you need a dome there, and I know it's still up for, uh, you know, it's still got to go to the board there. And uh, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I I can't remember if the mayor was for it or opposed to it. But uh, I, there's a lot happening there. You know, it'll it'll probably yeah, yeah. happen. I'm sure, but. I thought that three quarters of that was privately funded by the organization, um, which is more than I can say for so many other places. But we'll, we'll yeah, see how yeah. this pans out, man. It'll be an interesting uh, situation to watch. Yeah. The, the other St. Louis news was there was a $100 million lawsuit, class action lawsuit filed in the city of St. Louis today by a 19-year-old chess player. A chess grandmaster. <laughs> oh, oh, another, another former, uh, another, another former podcast uh, guest. I should a- absolutely a uh, hundred million dollar uh, in damages uh, is is what Hans Neiman is is claiming <laughs> um, due to this cheating scandal that's just rocked the chess world. I mean, uh, he calls it an orchestrated smear campaign by uh, by the, you know who they call the real king of chess. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, uh, this dropped, um, just today and this, this is a big deal, man. So, uh, you know, uh, again, another, uh, David versus Goliath type of, uh, a fight here, but, uh, you know, we'll see how this turns out as well. I mean, this is gonna be pretty crazy. This is getting yeah. ugly. Um, yeah, I, I'm curious what grounds, you know, he stands on, you know, so oh, yeah. it, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Um, I wonder if it's, you know, for, uh, you know, forgive the pun, but I wonder if it's just a, <laughs> a chess move, so to speak, you know? <laughs> right. It's, uh, uh, apparently because of the, you know, uh, the, it's, it's his reputation, his career and life, uh, you know, uh, all these allegations have, you know, uh, unlawfully, uh, just like defamed him, you know, and he's been blacklisted according to him and, and so many you know, different areas of uh, his career just by these allegations. So. Yeah, it makes it makes me wonder though whether it's just a, I'm not certain what the what the uh, legal standing in the state of Missouri is, but I wonder if it's just a like a slap lawsuit. You know, oh, basically yeah. a, a lawsuit. You know, against public participation. Right. Exactly. I thought you get a kick out of that though. So yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. A lot, a lot happening in the city of St. Louis and in many different ways. <laughs> Jesus, wow. So uh, yeah, today we're uh, we're doing things a little bit differently here. We've because we've got the NBA season kicking off here. We're going to dive into that a little bit, you know, more extensively. Uh, Lefty, I know uh, you do have somebody you want to touch on and talk about. So we're going to jump into that and uh, go from there. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we talked about uh, you know who the who the next big MLS swan song signing will be, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's a topic that's a little uh, related to to what we're talking about today. Have you have wow. you followed the the MLS playoffs at all? 
A little bit here and there. Yeah, just seeing the, the obviously looking at the results and uh, keeping tabs on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so earlier this week, New York City Football Club beat Inter-Miami in a playoff game at City mm-hmm. Field. And starting for Miami in what would be the last game of his career was the equally prolific and controversial Argentinian striker Gonzalo Higuain. Wow, yeah. Are you, are you, are you familiar with, with Higuain? Yes, absolutely. I, uh, well, not in depth in his career, but obviously know uh, who he is and, uh, yeah, um, know of his presence. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty, pretty prolific and controversial, as I said. You know, at only 34 years old, Higuain is relatively young to have moved over to the MLS um, and pretty young to hang up his boots when he was still, you know, relatively productive over here. But nonetheless, he still chose to close the book on him interesting and possibly underrated career uh, so, yeah. so Higuain started his career in the youth ranks at River Plate um, it might be Plate I should have should have looked up the Argentinian pronunciation I'm sure it's Plate uh, I'm sure it is too uh, <laughs> but there's no uh, there's no like uh, there's no extra extra marks on it so mm, okay well, well yeah so, so w- in the Argentinian uh, Argentine Football Association and rose to the ranks Broke with the senior club, 2005, at only 18 years old. He put up a wow. solid 13 goals in his uh, in 35 appearances with the club, impressing everyone with his poise at such a young age. Uh, legendary player and coach Daniel Passaria uh, was quoted as saying that Higuain was destined for superstardom, and sure enough, Real Madrid came knocking. Yeah. So Madrid paid 12 million euros to to transfer uh, transfer Higuain from the Buenos Aires club. In December of 2006, and he made his subsequent debut in January of 2007. God. After a few seasons of sporadic, uh, sporadic play behind some older and more established strikers, uh, but still winning two La Liga trophies, uh, Higuain jumped into the starting eleven after some injuries to starters in the 2008-2009 season. Mm-hmm. While he only scored 10 goals f- through his first 44 appearances over those first two seasons with the club. He put on a clinic in that 2008-2009 season with flashy finishing and clutch goals, scoring 22 in league play and another two goals in other competitions. Yeah. On top of that, he actually added another 12 assists. Super productive year. He was able to build upon his solid yet unexciting technical skills to become a truly prolific scorer. In the 2009-2010 season, Higuain scored 27 goals, added another seven assists, in only 32 appearances, finishing only behind Messi for the most goals in La Liga. But Solid. that same Solid. season, Real Madrid had brought in uh, somebody you may have heard of, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, oh, which <laughs> took, a little, took a little shine off of Higuain. Sure. So in 2010, Higuain was called up to the Argentinian national team for the World Cup. He became only the third Argentinian player ever to score a hat-trick in the World Cup, when he netted three goals against South Korea and route to becoming the second top goal scorer in that competition. Really impressive debut in the World Cup. Very, yeah. So in the 2011-2012 season, uh, Higuain helped lead Real Madrid to another league title, uh, scored another 22 goals. and But despite that success, Madrid really seemed to always be planning both his successor and his exit. All told, he tallied 107 goals and 33 assists for Madrid before being shipped off to Napoli following the 2012-2013 season. Uh, his first season with Napoli saw him again break that 10-goal mark, scored 17 goals. 
uh, but also returned to another World Cup with Argentina, Argentina in 2014. It was in that World Cup in which things uh, kind of took a memorable turn for Higuain. And uh, not a good one. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you remember this, uh, but this is where he kind of uh, rose to, to international uh, yeah, infamy. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> yeah, so again, uh, Higuain was very impressive through qualifying and through the tournament and led Argentina to a World Cup final against Germany. In that final, Gonzalo intercepted a bad header, took possession of the ball, and only had a goalkeeper off his line to beat, mm-hmm. to score the goal, which uh, would have given them a, a 1-0 lead. Uh, somehow he missed that easy goal, uh, sent, it, sent it to the left of the net, uh, well off the mark. Yeah. Um, and Germany won the World Cup against Argentina. Uh, they ended up scoring a goal and won the game one goal to nil. Um, and he was absolutely ridiculed for the error and considered quitting football altogether after such a sure. big mistake. So I'm just the, the ridicule and just uh, just getting destroyed, yeah, you know, yeah. over 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 a uh, a uh, glitch like that. Yeah, yeah. Steve Bartman levels of of hatred. Right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, but he ended up returning to Napoli despite wanting to quit football uh, altogether. He returned to Napoli the next season. And uh, put up another impressive goal total. And surprisingly, Higuain was called back to rejoin that Argentine national team for Copa America in 2015 to hopefully atone for his mistake. Unfortunately, he did not. He did not atone for that mistake. He helped Argentina reach the final of the Copa America tournament. Um, And again, Higuain missed an open goal, one-on-one against the keeper, and then sent a penalty shot 10 feet over the goal, costing Argentina yet another trophy, the second in two years. That's <sighs> three huge, costly mistakes hurting the national Jeez, team man. in two consecutive years. Um, but despite all this, you know, this extensive negative energy, uh, he came back to Napoli in that 2015-2016 season and absolutely dominated. He scored... 36 goals and 35 appearances for Napoli. A feat that matches the league record for goals in a season, Serie A. Um, wow. It had only been matched one time before that in 1928-29 season. It's it's subsequently been matched one other time, but at the time he was just the second player to score that many goals, and the last time it happened, Mussolini was uh, leading the country. <laughs> yes. It's a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. So after that massive performance, everyone expected, you know, Higuain to stay with Napoli and, you know, lead them to a title. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did not. Um, Napoli didn't win a league title, and that's what was promised to him when he signed. Um, right. And Juventus paid 90 million euros to acquire Higuain, uh, which made everyone very, very angry. Yeah, he's yeah. only t- 10 goals short of matching uh, um, Mardona for most most goals by in 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 for Napoli, um, another you know fellow Argentinian player. Um, yeah. And even even you know, Mardona came out and 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 ridiculed him for this decision, which uh, 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 is is a really bad look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of backlash there. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, in that same season, 2016, uh, Argentina again returned to the Copa America final with Higuain, again leading the squad and having another opportunity to make up for massive international mistakes. Yeah. Um, do you know what happened, Flo? I don't think it went well. You are correct. <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain again missed an open look 1v1 against the keeper. Uh, to lose a third trophy for Argentina. Jeez, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah I saw... <sighs> yeah, so, so he alienated Napoli by signing with Juve. Um, right. And the entire nation of Argentina hated him. And maybe just everyone a, in the world a, didn't like just him. Just a villain. Just a, just yeah. a, he had become a villain, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, despite all of this uh, domestic success. And sure. you know it, it's it, we can't scoff at leading your club to your your nation to the World Cup final. That's a huge thing. Um, so so even international success, even even with these failures, um, sure. You know he had all this hatred, uh, but uh, he capitalized on all that hatred. In his first two seasons with with Juventus, uh, he scored uh, forty goals, racked up seven assists, and led the league, the team to two league titles. Um, Not too shabby. But that's basically the end of his great play. Yeah. You know, knowing he wouldn't start anymore, Juventus loaned him out for the 2018-19 season. He spent time with both Chelsea and AC Milan, where he managed to score a respectable but not fantastic 11 goals and 29 appearances across across those two leagues. Yeah. In 2019-2020, he returned from loan and only started 20 games. And that's what brought him to the MLS, you know, offering him the most money, Inter Miami, signed Higuain. Uh, he was good, but not great. Scored 29 goals in 67 games in the United States, but still only 34. Um, you know, he had arguably his best season this past year. Picked up 16, 16, uh, 16 goals with Inter Miami, um, which is not phenomenal. Uh, obviously, a much lower level of play, but uh, you know, right. he definitely could have succeeded for a handful of more years here. Uh, but decided yeah. to hang hang up the cleats. So, you know, all told, he scored 279 league goals, picked up 79 assists with seven clubs, 530 appearances. He racked up another 24 international goals for Argentina, uh, giving him over 300 total goals on his career, uh, which is nothing to scoff at, you know. He played in, aside from the MLS, um, and then early in Argentina, he played in top-tier leagues um, and played for one of the best national teams in the world um, and, and put up quite respectable numbers. Right. But uh, again, repeatedly failed uh, at every every juncture for the national team. Right. So that 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 leads us to the to the question, Bo. Was Gonzalo Higuain a player who couldn't cut it when the game mattered most, who deserved to end a career on a New York City f- baseball field, <laughs> or is he underrated? Uh, yes, and yes, I'll say that. Obviously, you know Higuain is. You know, a typical example of when we think of so many sports, I mean, you were just talking about a baseball field. We think about these all-time greats, right, uh, who just, when it's, you know, go time, just can't seem, it's the right guy at the wrong time, right, or, or the right cal at the wrong time. There's players like that. I mean, if we're just talking about baseball, I mean, take, for instance, a guy like Clayton Kershaw. Right. Uh, Just for whatever reason, you know, for the majority of his career, just hasn't been able to be clutch in the playoffs. Um, You know, looking at a player like Higuain, 
the World Cup of 2014 and the 2016 Copa America are, are still going to be fresh in everyone's minds. Hell, I'll even let, let's even go this far, right? I'm, I'm sure somewhere the headlines uh, talk about uh, David Beckham's inner Miami playoff dreams coming to an end. <laughs> you know, and it's Higuain's, you know, the, the man was in tears. The, the videos were all over social media and everywhere yeah, yeah. showing, you know, that, uh, you know, how emotional this last game was. I mean, they, they talk about this being his last game and the early exit for Inter-Miami, but, I mean, if anybody recalls, they had a poor start to their season, right? This was an unprecedented comeback, you know, to, yeah, to even yeah. get to sixth place, right? So, I mean, not to mention, Higuain scored 14 goals in the last 16 games, you know, um, at age 34, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, this Argentinian hero slash villain, you know, this Jekyll and Hyde that you see, and it, it's really just a lot of bad PR because of just massive moments uh, in a career um, that's unprecedented. And, you, you know, he just is going to be remembered for those moments. And it, you know how fans are, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're, we're all like that. We just, uh, we're, we're fickle-minded sometimes. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. say that. Um, listen, his decline over the past few years until this, you know, short renaissance here is that's going to be better documented than his past heroics. I mean, he produced a goal scoring form that not many people can even dream of or match. Probably one of the best strikers of the, the past decade, at least, uh, maybe even further back. But he, you know, he faced a lot of bouts, right? I mean, it, professionally, I'm sure personally, I really do feel like he's underrated mainly because of just these major moments that just went in the wrong direction, yeah, you know, yeah. an outstanding career. People were paying a lot of money um, to have this man as a part of their organization. So uh, there's a lot of hype there to live up to. When you have a lot of hype surrounding you, uh, a mistake always turns into an amplification. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think he experienced that quite a lot uh, through his career. And I, I, I don't think football fans were ready to get over those big moments, especially, you know, Argentinian fans. I just don't feel like they could let that go. But, uh, you know, um, he set many records. I mean, and his like I said, you know, his goal scoring form was outstanding. I, I, I think the bad PR, you know, uh, failing during big moments not being able to 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 bring home the gold i think it really outweighs his his actual accomplishments as a player and at some point you know i think everyone's going to be able to reflect especially now that he's out of the game for sure on a on an outstanding career yeah but yeah. i absolutely agree i think for for the simple fact yeah he's he's absolutely underrated and i I think he's overlooked because uh, it's easy to hate someone who's who's failed as opposed to someone who's, uh, you know, been very successful. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's a it's an interesting, uh, you know, divergence. You know, he he overlapped for what three or four seasons with uh, at Madrid with uh, Karen Benzema, who mm -hmm. who just who's the same age as him. They're both thirty four years old, and on the yeah. same day, he's hanging up the cleats in in a New York City. You know that Higuain is, you know, hanging up the cleats in a 
New York City baseball field, you know, Benzema is, is winning the Ballon d'Or as the best player in the world. Um, yeah. So, so it just shows you how, how you know, short careers are and how, how easy it is to, to fall from grace, really. Definitely. I definitely agree. This is a, a great pick. Um, obviously, there's so much. This has been a roller coaster of a career as far as emotions go for Higuain. But, you know, look at the stats. Uh, and 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 look at the value there um, that he's brought to his clubs, his storied career in Real Madrid, uh, obviously even in Juventus, and you know, uh, take a look at it, and 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 just if if it's fresh in your mind, take a look at this last hurrah, okay? Um, do, do does Inter Miami make it to the postseason? Uh, well, actually, you know, do they make it to, uh, into the sixth place spot if? Uh, he doesn't score 14 goals in 16 games. You know, who knows, right? But, uh, yeah, I think yeah. Uh, we can all appreciate, uh, you know, his his uh, his performances over the years and his uh, athletic ability. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's disappointing, really, to, to an extent, to have a career in that way. Um, obviously, you know, it's nice that he helped carry Inter-Miami to a sixth-place finish in the MLS playoffs. Right, but, right. You know, he he alienated an entire club and um, uh, yeah. a lot of the world uh, leaving leaving Napoli because they couldn't win. Uh, they couldn't, you know, go to the Champions League uh, as one of the best clubs in the entire world. Sure, uh, not that long ago. So right. It's a it's a it's quite the uh, departure. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, it's not the ideal way to go out, but uh, you know, yeah. still yeah. lot to be proud of and reflect on, and uh, you know. You know, villain or not, um, hell of a football player. Yeah, yeah. So we agree. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain, uh, underrated player, uh, phenomenal career. We b- wish, wish him best in, uh, you know, whatever whatever he does next. Uh, Probably Manchester he... United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need, they need a aged striker. Um, right. Um, you know, hopefully he's able to, uh, you know, fix his national image somehow. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't get too much ridicule in the, in the World Cup that starts in a few weeks. Uh, right. You know, people love showing showing replays of bad things that happen to people. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Best of I luck mean, to him going forward. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back uh, to discuss the the NBA season. Oh yeah. And we are back. Uh, right before we jump back into this and give some NBA picks, just want to remind you all to uh, make sure you uh, follow us on whatever platform you're listening and give us a five-star review if you uh, are so inclined. Uh, that Definitely. said, Bo, you want to jump into some NBA some NBA action? Yeah, before we jump into that, I uh, want to do a quick shout, WNBA shout-out to Brittany Griner. It was her birthday here, um, just here recently, and uh, she's been imprisoned over in Russia for nearly 300 days. You know, let's let's not forget. Let's keep the awareness here, and uh, let's keep pushing to get her back home. That's I think that's yeah. uh, you know that's something that uh, you know we can't push to the wayside. This is a continued fight, and um, we should all be uh, in support of this. And uh, you know, I'm actually impressed with uh, the support that the NBA continues to put out there for Brittany Griner. So, you know, good for them. But uh, listen, in the, in the West, let's talk about the NBA. 
in the West, you know, obviously each conference has eight teams that make it in the playoffs. So let's talk a little bit of uh, NBA here. I've, I've put together my uh, eight picks uh, for, for the Western Conference playoffs. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about my top four and my bottom four in those eight. Uh, my top four are going to be the L.A. Clippers, the Warriors of the Golden State, the Phoenix Suns, and people are going to freak out about it, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, I know, right? So a, a little bit about Kawhi Leonard is, is, you know, my favorite NBA player. He's one of the best two-way players the game has seen. Um, he missed all of last season with the torn ACL, and that team was still good. They were competitive without missing a, you know, a, a key player like that. Paul George really stepped up. Um, a lot of other folks uh, came off the bench. You know, they signed John Wall, who we're seeing what's left in the tank, and uh, uh, you know, Kawhi's back in full force. He's just one of those players. It it changes uh, it changes the structure of a team when he's on the court. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, so. Minnesota, uh, why I feel like, I mean, they've got the big three now. I mean, w- with Rudy Gobert in the mix, um, he's going to be able to let that team be who they need to be with Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, the rest of the players on the team. They're going to be able to really, really, really start to grow into their own. Now, now I, I think Gobert takes a step back. But, um, you know, I, I think they excel as, as an organization. Um, my other four, I think, are going to be the Mavericks, the Denver Nuggets, and the Grizzlies. Um, I would say Denver probably ends up in the best position amongst the three of those teams that I just named, but which I hate. But, you know, Jokic, <laughs> is just, he's outstanding. He's yeah, an MVP, yeah. arguably probably the best passer in the game. I know that I've seen and he's got more scores around him, but we'll see. Um, I think Dallas uh, lacks a little death at forward, but, you know, they have some death at guard. Uh, I just think it's untapped. We'll jump into that later. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like John ja Morant is, is going to try to carry this team on his back, uh, even though he doesn't have to. You know, still, I... Uh, I feel like they're 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 missing one piece. They're one piece away from getting to that next level. And you know, I can't really pinpoint that last team, but if I'm gonna have to pick, I'm going with the Pelicans. I want to see Zion win Comeback Player of the Year. If if he's back and healthy, that team is completely different. I'll say that so far in the preseason and just physically, he looks he looks like yeah uh, he, he, he looks, looks like he did you know he looks he, like the he, true zion he, yeah and he looks better than he did uh at any point in his nba career man uh he's moving great uh he's just happy uh, he's enjoying the game of basketball again so just stay healthy man just you know i i love watching that guy play and i just want to see him stay healthy and get out there because it's it's going to be incredible to see what he does um so jumping over to the East, you know, my top four are, everyone hold your breath. We got Boston, Milwaukee, and, and here it comes. The Atlantic Hawk, the Atlantic Hawks, and the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that Celtics team, wildly talented. Um, they've got depth. You know, I'll never count out the Giannis, Holiday, Middleton group. Um, now, now, here's where I think everyone is scratching their head. 
look, let's get real. Atlanta was already competitive. They just added one of the most versatile young guards in the game to complement one of the most versatile young guards in the game, uh, which is exactly what the Cavaliers also did, except Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players in the league. You yeah, know, it's yeah. not like... Um, <clears throat> It's not like he, you know, is there to just, you know, compliment Darius Garland. You know, Darius Garland, Mitchell, Evan Mobley. Uh, I mean, this is a team that won 44 games last season, people. I mean, they're going to excel this year. Um, and I, I think they're going to look better than that Trey Young-Murray duo, even though those guys are going to be right there in it. But um, I I love that Cavaliers team that they put together. That's a, a lot of good young talent, you know. So, uh are you familiar with uh, 538's Raptor-based projections? Yes. So um, I believe that they actually have the Cavs just repeating that 44-win 44 44 season. Uh, really? Not, yeah, they, they're not too high on them. They have them just finishing in eighth place in the East. Yeah, it's but pretty they, interesting. They are very high on the Hawks. Uh, right, yeah. Have I think just I, outside I, I think the Hawks are going to be. Right. I. You know, it's... Those two, I, I feel like they're they're, they're similar, but it, it really all depends on how that flows, you know. Um, the East is tough. My other four in the East, okay, so I, I got the Sixers, and I have the Bulls. I've got the Miami Heat, and I have the Raptors. You know, I think the what, Nets. What are, you, what are you seeing in the Bulls to make to make you think that uh, they won't finish bottom four? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let me start. I think with the Nets, I think they'll be good. And I, I think that there's that there's a lot of drama. You know, I think Durant's always cryptic. Kyrie, Kyrie is always trying to find inner peace while he just wreaks havoc everywhere else with his just stubbornness, you know. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is a complete wild card. Did, did you it, see his first me? game? Yeah. You know, it's so <laughs> tough. It's like, you know, uh, like what is going – we've seen Ben Simmons, you know, perform at a high level before. And we've seen him completely just fall apart mentally. Uh, you know, where does where 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 is he? What what will happen? Right? Is he is he okay or is he not? Um, you know, the Bulls to me are the Grizzlies of the East. So I think Demar Derozan, as he did last season, is going to do what he does best. But I think it's going to really just it's going to be about Lonzo Ball. He's out for quite a while. Okay, so how does this team perform right there? I think DeRozan is going to keep this team competitive and they need Patrick Williams to really step up and establish himself as their power forward. The fact that he hasn't yet is just, you know, it's kind of worrisome, but I feel like they're going to be able to put it together. I know it's a reach, maybe uh, more optimism than I should have, but I think they're going to be in it. Um, Jimmy Butler and the Heat. I love Jimmy Butler. I I think they regress just a smidge only because these other teams in the East have gotten stronger. Uh, you know, the Raptors, they're just going to be in it, man. I mean, they looked rough in preseason from the field, and they got a tough schedule to start the year, but they've got tremendous depth, especially at forward and center. You know, I think they finish, you know, third behind Boston and Philly in the Atlantic Division. So I... I think it's going to be an interesting season. Um, some of some of this is easy. Some of this is you know probably uh, you know easy predictions, but uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see how it pans out. 
Yeah. Yeah, it'll be an exciting season. Uh, you know, uh, I, there are some some phenomenal players right now. Uh, but maybe the maybe the the uh, <laughs> the the most exciting race is to see who finishes last and might win the 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 lottery for the first overall pick. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I don't know what to I don't know what to think about a few of these teams. You know, I think like I think the Utah Jazz. Um, you know, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how far they go um as far as how far uh, to the bottom but uh you know i i don't know what houston even though with the young talent and detroit as well i i just don't know if they're able to put it together you know so i I think they're going to be down in the in the depths so uh we'll, we'll see about that man uh you know earlier this year we had our little nba draft special you know that we did that, that yeah was... we, yeah we we talked about a few underrated picks uh yeah do you, do you want to give us an update on 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 your pick Jaden Hardy man Mavs had their 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 first game of the uh the season last night and uh the man didn't even touch the court <laughs> <laughs> which is not uncommon but I was shocked because of the lack of depth that there there is on that Mavericks team. That's really what threw me. Um, look, they're in desperate need to find relief guard services. I mean, if they can't find it from an outside source, then, you know, who helps them internally? Well, you know, what can Jaden Hardy do? You know, so best case scenario, I mean, look, we saw that first summer league uh, appearance and maybe we overreacted. He wasn't as strong you know, the, the rest of the, uh, the summer and, and in the preseason. But, um, you know, I, I think he, it's not necessarily they can be a, a game changer because when you got guys out there like, you know, Luca, um, I think that's going to be a little tough. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. um, I, I, I think there, you know, they, they, there's a lack of, playmaking and ball handling out there uh, with the Mavericks, you know, and uh, I, I think that they need to tap in. I mean, I think he's an I, I, ideal, you know, uh, candidate to put out there and just, you know, give him a shot. And I'm, I'm talking, you know, if it's 10, 15 minutes a game, like uh, he's going to need that experience. But, uh, you know, worst case scenario is, uh, you know, he's uh, – He's sitting on the bench, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's at this point, they didn't draft a, uh, a backup guard and they, they've, the, there's just too much rawness, right? I mean, they, they're, they're going to have to rethink something for a little history on the Mavs. They, they don't have a, a strong history of, uh, mid draft picks being successful. So, you know, he's the newest player in this. Will the Dallas mid-draft picks suck this year? Or, um, you know, if he's <laughs> he's going to be talented, I feel like he's I, – I know he's super talented and he just needs to be in, in the right situation and get him out there. I think he can be successful. Yeah, yeah. They played, uh, you know, a, a pretty tight rotation. Uh, a lot yeah. of people picked up a lot of minutes. I think only – two of the players in the rotation picked up less than 20 minutes of playing time, which is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah. So hopefully hopefully he, he gets to see the court. I feel like if I'm the Mavericks, I'd rather get him minutes than Tim Hardaway Jr. 
or yeah absolutely i mean like josh green is, has been in a similar position the past couple of years you know the the mavericks have four guards that are sitting on their bench you know behind uh spencer dinwiddie and and, and luca and only one of those uh players josh green you know he logged 18 minutes uh and he scored one point so i mean like you know like i said He's got to get in this rotation. We'll see what Jason Kidd wants to do. I, I'm hoping that Jason Kidd sees the potential there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not and, just and saying know, this. I'm not just saying this because I bought a Jaden Hardy, Hardy jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the bandwagon. I'm, I'm pushing for the success here. Yeah, you know, and on you know, it's, it's hard to say where he is in terms of development. Um, right. But uh, I can't, I can't not believe that uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is that much better than him. You know, right? Exactly. At, exactly. At, at nearly thirty years old, uh, you know, just never been all that prolific. Never yeah. been all that yeah. great. Um, I'd I'd have to think you'd want to you'd want to sink more minutes into your developing players, especially when they have such a such a high ceiling and have you know a real opportunity to you know outplay the the, the current starters. Right, and I know that that was a tight game. I I literally was passing out as the game was ending, 107, 105. You know, Suns Mavericks. Um, it's early in the season too. Like now is the time, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand the Suns are you know uh, a playoff contender and whatnot, but like, you know, he's certainly an exciting piece to this weird puzzle that they've put together. Like, you know, I just don't, I don't know if they understand what kind of player he can be because of some of the inconsistencies, you know, this summer and the preseason. But, you know, like, Jason Kidd, I do like him as a coach. I think he's got a great philosophy. You know, I think he cares about, um, you know, player empowerment. And I, I think he's got great concepts on defense, you know, and I, I think developmentally it's the best, you know, it's a great, you know, uh, situation for Hardy to be in. You know, rookie seasons are always interesting to watch, right? Like, you, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, and, and this isn't a team that's really trying to find its, uh, you know, uh, personality. They've got some, a, a couple key players there, you know. So, um, you know, it's not like he's playing for the Spurs this year, the Jazz, where they're just throwing something at the wall. So, you know, it, it'll definitely be interesting. But I, I think he's going to get some opportunities for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I think that that rotation that uh, Jason Kidd is working with now, like, I don't, I don't know how much we can actually, you know, ascertain from one game. Right, but, uh, right. You know, most other teams and coaches don't rely that heavily on just just the starters and, you know, five bench players, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a deeper rotation is needed. Um, so we'll see what happens as the, uh, as the year progresses. Right, definitely. Who did you want to talk about, Lefty? I, I, I wanted to give some, some updates. I've not seen any in the English language. So I want to talk about <laughs> I want to talk about one of our other one of the other folks that we we chatted about on that NBA draft you know episode, and I I mentioned offhanded uh, how if he hadn't gone down with a foot injury, uh, yeah, Korean Davidson star Hyun Jung Lee um, yeah has has a great shot of being uh, an NBA player and watching the the Lakers and Warriors the other day and the scene that the Lakers brought out. For um, way too many minutes, some dude named Matt Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it just reminded him, you know, he played 18 minutes and made one three. He's supposed to be their 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 sharpshooter, right? 
Dugan, right. Matt Ryan. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if he is getting consistent NBA minutes, there is a roster spot for Hyun Jung Lee. Um, yeah, man. He, he went down with this serious injury, had surgery. He's back in Korea. Um, I, I translated a Korean news article. Um, I don't know how accurate it'll be, but it sounds like he had his, you know, cast and dressings removed. He's all healed up, and he is back ready to play, and he hopes to sign with a G League team this month. For sure. Definitely. So if, if he's able to come back stateside and sign with the G League team, I think with his lights out three-point shooting, quick release, you know, just prolific scoring, he's got a he's got a roster spot. He's not going to be he's not going to be a superstar, but he's right. the kind of guy that can play 18 minutes for the LA Lakers apparently. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, I mean, put him at guard, put him at small forward, do whatever, you know. I mean, the guy's a you know, solid at the free throw line, you know, um, if he's going to get touched, I mean, he's, I mean, I think he shot, you know, more than 50% from the field goal his entire, you know. Yeah, yeah, right at, <laughs> right around there, so far. Yeah, so I mean, and he's, and he's a, uh, uh, I, I would say a better than average three-point shooter, you know, yeah. so. Um, well, I mean, one of, one of the yeah. best in the nation. In God, exactly, so, so, you know, I mean, um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, he should definitely be given an opportunity and i think uh there you know that could happen so hell yeah good to good to hear that name man i didn't yeah. know what was going to happen there you know like i said we were talking about that 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 hornets kind of you know tryout and and whatnot so yeah yeah you know, unfortunate everything unfortunate injury but uh yeah it sounds like he's back at it and uh you know hopefully stateside draining threes are very soon, probably right next to Gui Santos. Gui Santos, on the, another uh, another guy who's uh who's just in the G League right now. Um, I was kind of surprised. Santa Cruz Wizards. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I really I really thought that he'd break camp with the team, but uh, you know they decided to go with somebody else. Apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. They've that organization knows what they're doing, but they're you know they're also there to build longevity, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I. For sure. I think they're looking long-term, and I think, you know, Gui Santos performs like everyone thinks he's going to, and, you know, I, th- I think he's got a place in, you know, this formula here long-term. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be an exciting season for, for those three guys, but also, uh, you know, uh, the whole NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, so we are going to wrap up here. Uh, like I said, like Bo said, a little different of a format. Uh, you can listen to this episode and all episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at underratedpod. That's at under underscore rated underscore pod. Uh, TikTok on the same name. Um, and uh, follow us on YouTube for uh, surprise bonus videos. Absolutely. You guys know where to find us. Until next time. Yeah.